It's not worth winning if you can't win Welcome back, everybody, to the Cake Eaters Podcast. My name is Brandon. I have my co-host, Heath, with me. Hello, Brandon. Cakey's time, baby. Yes. Today, we are tackling the second edition of the Golden Cakey's Awards show. If you remember back, the first one was for season one of Game Changers. But today, we're talking about the movie that we just went through in five parts, in depth, all the way through, and that's D1, the original Mighty Ducks movie, Heath. The... The thing that started it all. Just absolutely spectacular. And, you know, the nice thing about, you know, celebrating these golden cakeys is watching the movie back without deep diving into it and just running it back and free flowing and just experiencing the magic. Like when Bombay is skating on the ice and you can feel Mm -hmm. him becoming the Minnesota Miracle Man, you yeah. know, as as that magic is sprinkled upon him, the fairy <laughs> dust comes from the ice. It's just, it's great stuff, Brandon. I just watched it this morning again. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's good. It's like I doing the, the watching it while attempting to deep dive and um, you know track every little minuscule thing that happens. You 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 kind of you lose the magic of it. You don't you don't yeah. see the forest for the trees. Um, so do, doing a little a second watch through to, to kind of go as, as a, a refresher for the Golden Kikis was nice. Because, yeah, you experience the the magic that you felt when you first watched it, you know, because you're, you're not dissecting every. Because, I mean, there's there's a there's a lot of things wrong with these movies, but they are great movies. They're, you know, they're, they're a fantastic underdog ragtag rise to the top movie. Um you know, and and especially back in the '90s, it had, they these these the back in the '90s, these kind of movies had way more charm than they do okay. now. Because now everything, especially these Dis- the Disney ones, everything's too polished, and you know, you're not going to get fucking somebody, you know, <laughs> getting a DUI and being forced. To, they're not going that dark, you know. There, there's, it's not going to be as raw as it was then. That is. For sure, but I, yeah, yeah, I absolutely. You're not getting. You're not getting any circumcision down. references in these these newer <laughs> ones. That's for sure. These the, the subtle jokes are much more light and cheeky, not as on the nose. That's for yes. sure. Mm-hmm. No one's yelling at Bombay to go play with himself. <laughs> no, definitely not. You're not getting the Oreo line. These yeah, or or the the crack about the intelligent body with the when he was talking with <laughs> yeah. Jane you know? yeah, how many core reporters he slept with yeah, yeah like yeah. just out of this world kind of stuff like yeah. that whole first part would be entirely different if yeah, yeah. run it back <laughs> that's uh. why I'm glad they went TV show instead of this but anyways we've got golden cakeys we get to look back we get to celebrate we get to talk about our favorite moments our favorite characters I'm sure some of the listeners out there will already have guesses as to who will be choosing each one based upon um, our endless and delightful conversations leading up to this episode. Absolutely. And if if you had followed along with the previous Golden Cakeys for, for Game Changer Season 1, you remember we had uh, 16 categories and then we did like a uh, 
what, what's the phrase that I'm trying to think the, for the yearbook superlatives, right? Superlatives. You got it. Um, so one of the categories that we did for golden or that we did for the first edition was best episode that obviously not going to apply for this one. So we're only rocking 15 categories. Yep. Um, same exact category, the same 15 categories minus episode um, from the edition one of the golden cakeies and then the same superlatives, I believe. I don't think those changed. Yeah. I think we just, uh, I just added a couple there okay. at, yeah. at the end, just a couple, couple uh, extra special bonus round ones that I picked up on the internet. Perfect. Yeah. And, and so for the categories, the, the way this is going to work for the, the 15 categories, we're going to, me and Heath will each give our honorable mention. Uh, and then we'll talk about the, the official winner of the golden cakey award. And then for the superlatives, those are going to be just me and Heath kind of doing rapid fire who we think would fit each one back and forth. Obviously my favorite returning category of the superlatives who survives the hunger games. <laughs> Listen to those books back on audible, oh, man, out of, they're great. Great stuff. <laughs> the books, the books were real solid. I got sucked into yeah. those books real hard. Oh yeah. I'm a sucker for a well-read audiobook, and they do a great job. Who, is it anybody fancy that that narrates it you know it is and i'm totally blanking on her name at the moment oh um gosh. but it is it she is delightful it's, it's not jennifer lawrence is it it's tatiana melanie medley something like that tatiana medley i don't think i know who that is yeah, go, let me go. jump in the google machine real quick give me give me a quick 30. All right, so I was way off on her name. So it's Tatiana Maslani. Um, How'd you get medley out of Maslani? I it was I, I would just hold up because I was listening listening to it back like as as we speak right now you know and um, I pulled up and it just had like the little red by narrated by dot and so I just glanced at that real quick to for sake of time and um, just totally botched it but she's uh, best known for Orphan Black. Oh, okay. I know who you're talking. So the, the lead actress from Orphan Black, right? Yes, yes, okay. you got okay. it. You got it. Okay, I know who you're talking um, about and- now. Yeah, Interesting. And, she wasn't. She wasn't in those movies, was she? No, she was not. But she oh. absolutely just absolutely, she crushes the books. Okay, you got it. Just okay. does a great job narrating. Really brings Katniss to life. Anyways, all right. So I got us a little sidetrack. <laughs> let's let's bring it back. We're we're coming back. We're I'm, I'm reining us in. You know, I'm as as we drive the carriage down the road. I'm reining us in right now, Brandon. Okay. Um, and so let's, here we let's, go. Let's go ahead, Steven. What's our first category, Heath? Ladies and gentlemen, the first category of the Golden Cakeys is the best Easter egg. Right. So this one was this one was a little tricky just because it's the first movie. So obviously there's not a, a great deal of Easter eggs, yep. especially alluding to other parts of the series. Yep. So for mine, what I went with was all of the because they shot this movie uh, again, speaking to like how. The, the charm that these 90 movies 90s movies have rather than what would happen today because yeah. what they do today is they shoot everything on a lot everything staged they're not actually in a city they recreate know. the city yes but for this movie they shot everything on location in the winter in minnesota in minneapolis 
which must have just been a production nightmare. Oh, yeah. All, hey the, all, there, the fucking, all the fucking snow. But because of that, you get the Minnesota landmarks. You know, you get Mickey's Diner, which is still there today. Mm, love that. You get um, not the Mall of America. I think we talked about it this the the rollerblading scene yeah um we mentioned this that it, i i mentioned that it was the mall of america i was i've been corrected it's not the mall of america it's another mall but that's in minneapolis yeah. um shout out to the individual that gave us that correct information but you know it was also yes. very fun to rant about the mall of america in the moment absolutely because the mall of america is a is a godless place um but uh but yeah, so you get all the Minnesota landmarks. You get Mickey's Diners. You get the 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 Ice Sculpture Festival is a legit uh, festival that they do in, in Minneapolis every year. I think they still do it. Um, but like you get all the, the Minnesota landmarks. So if, in theory, if you wanted to, if you wanted to plan a trip to Minneapolis, you could do a Mighty Ducks tour and you could hit all of these places and, you know, see where they filmed everything. Jeez, Brandon, do not tempt me with a good time <laughs> going on a uh mighty ducks tour imagine trying to sell that to your significant others like listen (laughs) listen i got a dope ass vacation lined up for us picture the tickets (laughs) picture this the middle of january minneapolis minnesota 16 feet of snow on the ground a nice a nice chill in the air you know what could be better a minus 20 wind chill in the air (laughs) beautiful twin cities in the middle of winter uh, i don't think you're i don't think you're selling a lot of people on that but no that is that is like you said using the minnesota landmarks great great job disney yeah exactly all right for mine and this was something that you turned me on to because averman is just a home run character in this show throughout but he imitates the copy guy portrayed by Rob Schneider on SNL. So listeners, go check out the copy guy. But that's where the Averman talking yes. like this. Brendan just doing the Cake Eaters podcast with the Brendan Meister, Kikarino. And I, I can't believe you didn't realize that. Uh, had you ever seen that that skit before, the copy guy skit before? I don't know. May potentially. I feel yeah. like I didn't really get into SNL until it was like the Will Ferrell years. Like his like kind of like beginning was when, did when he, was, my friends and I did he did Will Ferrell overlap with uh Adam Sandler at all? Or maybe was that a after? little bit. Okay. Like I was I was probably it was probably like ninety-seven or ninety-eight when I was like really into okay. like I think SNL. I think this would have been before because I think Sandler and Schneider and all them. They were like early '90s, if I'm not mistaken. I could be totally wrong. My SNL history yeah. is not anything good, so don't, don't take anything what I'm saying right now as gospel. Yeah. But I want to say they were like early '90s. Um, yeah, and so yeah, you probably would have just missed that. But yeah, that's it's it's Averman's character is an exact cop, like for pun intended, an exact copy of the copy guy. Yeah, it's it's excellent. It, yeah. Everything about it is great. I'm also not super big on my SNL knowledge. The only thing I know is that I love the Jimmy Fallon and Justin Timberlake bits. Like everything they do is gold. Cool. Uh, I'm not a I'm not, not a big, big Jimmy. I'm not a big fa- I'm not a big Fallon guy. Uh, that makes sense. I feel like his humor would not necessarily land with you, Brandon. I I am I get his humor. He, he's a fairly funny guy. I just I don't I don't care for him because he is one of the reasons that like lip syncing has 
had a resurgence in the last like 10 years. And I like lip syncing competitions are just the bane of my existence. I, mean, I don't, I, th- you know, the last thing I want to see is celebrities lip sync songs that who, who is watching that? Who is that for? Listen, Brandon. And then now, now, now you got masked singer where it's like some fucking stupid celebrity. Nobody's heard of for 20 years in a mask singing a song. What is that about? Brandon, 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 as someone who came in second place in the Wayne County oh, Fair no. lip sync <laughs> competition, uh, I'm at circa fourth grade. So I'm trying to what, think of how old I was in fourth what's, grade. What song did you, did you, what song did you pretend to sing? Oh, me and the boys did whoop. There it is. Okay. <laughs> Tank team. Party people. Oh my god! I should have. It is. I should have known you were a lip syncer. I should have known. Oh man, Brandon, it's just you know we we me and me and Ryan we we had the the vocals going and then we had two two folks in the back as backup dancers. It was <laughs> it was most excellent. It was it's great. We crushed it. There was just a lot of bias in Wayne, Nebraska at that time. They couldn't handle. Um, our funky fresh beats you know they, they i mean i would imagine early 90s wayne county nebraska not a lot of people were probably familiar with tag team and know, the ones that the ones that were familiar with tag team probably did not care for tag team i'll be honest with you brandon we lost and i remember this because i felt it was unjust but we lost to an alvin and the chipmunks rendition of a country song see so, yep, you know that, that was some there's just bias that, just ripped with bias to that corruption makes, <laughs> alvin and the chipmunks country song makes perfect sense for wayne wayne county wayne america <laughs> so anyways Could, couldn't shoot it straight down straight, more straight down the middle than that than alvin <laughs> chipmunks in a country song just boom right down the middle middle america we all we all wore uh <laughs> we all wore jordan bulls jerseys i think i have a picture i'll have to, I'll have to track down the picture i'm pretty sure i have one on the phone of this exact competition okay all right. Anyways, oh anyways. All right. Back on target. I'm going to give you the winner, Brandon, and the winner of the Golden Kiki's Award for Best Easter Egg is the Bombay Gordy Howe Connection. Brandon, talk to us about this connection. Yes. So they they mention uh, do oh, wait actually do they mention Gordy Howe? I think they do once or twice in the movie, right? Maybe I can't remember off the top of my head. I don't know. But the, the Gordon Bombay, Gordy Howe connection is um right. Yeah, you have the number, they both wear number nine, yep. which Banks Banks also wears while he's on the Hawks. Yep. He switches to 99 when he becomes a duck. Shout um, Banks. Yeah, but so you got number nine, Gordon Bombay. Now I would imagine because his dad calls him Gordy. Yeah. That's, what, that's where I kind of put it together when he kept calling him Gordy. Yes, so, so I think, and that's I think that they don't. I don't think they actually mentioned Gordy Howe in the movie, but he his dad does call him Gordy. Yeah. Um, so you have the number. He's probably named Gordon after Gordy Howe. His dad calls yeah. him Gordy. Um, yeah, and Gordy Howe, one of the greatest hockey players to ever live. Shout out Gordy Howe. Yeah, it's a it's a, it's a fun. It's fun. Yeah. But like you it's said, a, it's it's a nice it's a it's a, it's a nice little no, but it's a nice little nod. Yeah. Um, to, to a legend. To legend. There's your winner. Next category. The next category is best character. 
And so my so my thinking for this, Heath, and correct me um, if you didn't th- if you weren't thinking this way. My my thinking for this because we have best character and best supporting character. Yep. For best character, I'm thinking like the core ducks and Bombay, right? You those are it. the those are the main characters, and then supporting characters would be everybody else. Yep. So for my best character, honorable mention, I went with Charlie. Yeah. You know, Charlie Conway, Makes the sense. cat. The captain, the heart of the team. Well, not captain yet. They didn't make him captain yet. But the heart of the team, yeah. you know, the heart and soul of the movie. Wingman Charlie trying to get yeah. his mom laid. You know, you know think, just and think about the acting chops. Remember in that diner scene. Oh there, man, yeah, he the diner scene where the he, heartstrings where he tears up. You can definitely see the the blossoming of Joshua Jackson, the guy who plays Charlie Conway, of his acting skills. Even even this early when he's eleven or twelve years old, however old he was. Um, and he wasn't even the first choice. He was, uh, I, th- I believe he was like third choice. Wow. Because I know they originally wanted Leo DiCaprio in it. Wow. Um, he That's turned a different it movie. Da- yeah, it's a different movie. And then Jake Gyllenhaal, I think, actually was very, like almost signed up for it. Like, mm. I think he like backed away at the last minute, um, which that's a, that's another different movie. But I, yeah. I, I would, I, with hindsight being what it is, I would I would pick Joshua Jackson. Um, I wouldn't switch him, but absolutely, I would be intrigued by a Jake Gyllenhaal rendition. Yeah, I, I, I would love it if because they, they, there's a, a couple other people that they considered for Bombay before they got to Emilio. Yeah, one of which was was his brother Charlie Charlie Sheen. I would love if, and I I I, I I'm challenging Disney to to finance this i want one or two scene recreation at this moment in time at their current ages where charlie sheen and jake gyllenhaal recreate one of the scenes between bombay and charlie conway the tickle fight is that what you're going for oh no that would be good though i i could go i wasn't thinking the tickle fight but that's a good scene that's one of the scenes that would be one of the good ones to go for uh man i just but yeah you could josh that or the 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 one where they're where they're they're cooking dinner and Charlie's talking about the hockey players that that wear the same underwear. That's another yeah. good one we could do. Absolutely, just see, <laughs> see Jake really crush that. Yeah. Um, so for for my winner of best character, I've talked about it a thousand times. It was also the winner for the best Easter egg. Uh, Averman, Averman mm-hmm. delivers a wonderful comedic performance. He's always throwing out some fun barbs. Uh, for some reason, Connie always takes offense and, and yells at him. Remember when she calls him, a, like, Averman cracks a joke, and she's like, God, Averman, you're such a jerk. Yeah. Con- Connie is the Connie is always there to reel him in. Because, you know, yeah. that's, that's the key Velvet for the, Hammer has yeah, yeah. to keep him in line. Exactly. That's key for all the, the jokesters, you know, the, the jokester characters, and even the real-life jokesters out there. You need somebody that, that reels you in when you need it, you know? Yeah. Oh, man. I, I you can you're looking at ground zero right here, Brandon, of someone who needs a consistent hand of reeling them in. Uh, <laughs> Mama D started it off, um, you know, went out venturing on my own. Got, didn't happen yeah. as much. Got a little got a little wild out there, Brandon. But it's oh yeah. You know, See that do. that was my issue. I, I I for a brief moment in my life, I've had people reel me in. I've had that voice being like, May, maybe don't do that. Brandon, maybe, maybe that's not what you should be doing. Um, but again, very brief moments in my life outside of that, it's been, you know, it's been the wild west over here and 
you know, that's that explains a lot about my situation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Some some real hope for the kids out there. Yeah. <laughs> but, but Averman is my winner for for best character. And and you know, Banks is a very close runner up to Averman because man, you know, he just Banks, this wasn't featured as much, right? Until yes, he so, jumped so on I, the ducks. That's why it's hard. Banks doesn't really get Banks doesn't really blossom as a character, I don't think, until towards the end of yeah, this movie. Half. Um, when he is, when him and Jesse are kind of, you know, having their tension and then their their resolution. And then yeah. in two and three, I think is when you really get a night when you finally get full character development on Banks. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right. Well, let's get into our winner, Brandon. The winner of the Golden Cakeys for best character is. Gordon Bombay. I think this goes, you know, without saying main character. Yeah. 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 It, Emilio, one of the, the greatest actors. I, I will say Emilio is one of the greatest actors of all time. I fucking love Emilio. He's fantastic. And no matter what he does with his life, I will always do the SNL bit from Night at the Roxbury <laughs> yeah. with his name. Like no matter what I have, Emilio, Mighty yeah. Ducks guy, swear to God, I was there. <laughs> Uh, you know, and that's just, that's great. You know, it's for, to live rent free in my mind like that until the end of time. That's, that's a beautiful thing. Oh yeah. 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 It's he will forever and always be Gordon Bombay. Yeah. Uh, main character energy as the youths would say today, Brandon. Yeah. That's, okay. okay. That's a thing. Okay. 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 Jimmy Fallon. Whatever. <laughs> just, Hey, listen, don't, don't hate on how fucking cool I am. But all right, let's next category here. We won't go into all my cool uh, hip street cred. Um, the next category of the Golden Kiki's Awards Best Supporting Character. For this one, I went with the the wise sage old spirit guide, Hans. You know, yeah. he's there. M- much as you know, you talked about Connie reeling in Averman. Hans is that that emotional support reeler in for Bombay, you know, Um, he's he's the the father figure that he he always wanted. Um, Just didn't realize it until later on in life, you know, absolutely. And Hans gave Bombay the I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed talk right in the nick of time after he was yelling at the kids. But when they lost to what's what's it? What is what's the line he says? He was like, oh, I didn't want to say anything. I didn't want to. I didn't, I didn't want, want to ruin your ruin the moment with the kids. Yeah. I think is what he says, right? Yeah, yeah. I didn't want to ruin the moment. He didn't want to kill the vibes. Yeah, <laughs> of Bombay screaming at little kids. <laughs> well, you know, fucking listen. He won't yeah. get yelled at. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. I'm not that. mad. I'm not. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. He gave right. the 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 fantastic life advice that everybody I think could use, which is wear thick socks. Yep. You know, gotta. Gotta put if your your skates are too big, Keith. Just wear some thick socks. You know, adapt, okay. adapt. Keith. Change management. Employers will just fall head over heels if you can give them a little sprinkle of that change management in the interview process. Like just, just you know, good old good old fashioned problem solving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you heard it here first, kids. <laughs> All right, so um, 
For mine, I went with the the bad guy tandem of Larson and McGill because okay. they have the great interaction. The henchmen, the goons. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know Larson has – or no, I'm sorry, it's McGill has my favorite line of like where he's like, what did you do? My job. Yeah. Like I just <laughs> – I absolutely love it. Uh, you know, he is the – Riley disciple, but the two of them together, you've got the big guy, you got the small guy. They just, they are a team. You know, they're best friends. You know, they're still best friends to this day. And, you know, shout out to Larson McGill. I hope that they have, you know, evolved themselves from being bullies. So I do, I do hope yeah. that. I would yeah. love a, I would love a, a little cameo in, in Game Changers. I would love because in season one, they did the cameos of all, not all of them, but a good chunk of the original ducks. Yeah. I would love for season two. They bring in some bad guys, you know, yeah. bring in Larson and McGill, uh, maybe, maybe Gunnar Stahl, you know, Listen, Wolf, the dentist Stanson comes oh. in. It's like, you're going down Bombay. Dude, I would fucking interrupt the press, press conference. If, if Wolf, if Wolf showed up, that would be, yeah. that'd be hands down the greatest the greatest yeah. moment of that season. That'd be that's okay. We gotta yeah, I know yeah. they're they're I know they're they're starting they're in the process right now of writing season two. Yeah. So if hopefully they're listening to this, bring get Wolf the dentist on on season two, guys. Listen, he relocates to Minnesota, you know, retires, just wants to, you know, kind of live in peace, you know, doesn't want any more autographs as he walks through the streets of Iceland comes he settles and all of a sudden his kids need a coach the hawks need a coach and <laughs> he brings the hawks back to be the rivals of the ducks with the help of our favorite coach t so anyways all right disney give us a call reach out to the pod you have our information you have everything you have everyone's information let us know so okay, who's the who's the winner of supporting character and the winner of the Golden Kiki's Award for Best Supporting Character is Coach Riley. Obviously. Again, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> along with uh, the obvious choice of Bombay as best character, this you got you got to go with the antagonist, you know? Yeah, I'm the, just popping. Co- popping collars, the collar uh, pop. And the, the, yeah, the all right, all right, all right, which I, I'm the, the more I think about it, the more I am absolutely convinced that Matthew McConaughey got the inspiration for that from, from this movie, from coach Riley. Coach Riley yeah. really crushes it. I love that he has a collar pop for almost every emotion. He has yeah. a happy one, a celebratory he does the, one, a sarcastic one. He does the, the okay's. Finger, he does the okays. He does the finger guns at some point. He's got, he's got the hand gestures down, dude. Yeah. He's got the old, he just, like he coach just, Letterman jacket going he, on. He, oh yeah. He, he sleeps and breathes swag. Yeah. You know, Coach Riley, the swaggiest. The swaggiest. Uh, I love it. Yeah. And then He's, just there's the the hardcore like Midwestern passive aggressiveness. You gotta love it. It's just so fucking perfect. He is the epitome of all things, right? Like yeah. bad guy coach hits the Minnesota side of it too. It's just ah, love love some Coach Riley. It's a yeah. shame what they did to the Hawks uh, in the Game yes. Changers. Just a shame. Yes, that that's my number one 
suggestion for season two is he got to bring the Hawks back and you got to yeah. put them back in black and blue. Oh, for the love yeah. of Pete, that one fucking idiots. Jeez Louise. Yes, okay. don't don't even right. yeah before, before before i start screaming at people yeah. let's go to the next one <laughs> the next golden cakey's award category is best one-liner and we get piggybacking off of coach riley my honorable mention is going to be from the intro of our of our dear <sighs> podcast here yeah it's not worth winning if you can't win big Heath. <sighs> you know Preach. what yeah great words to live by i gotta get that get that tattooed on over your chest right above Uh, your heart just absolutely beautiful inspiring words like if you're if you're not gonna step on their throat why are you even playing exactly run it up (laughs) run Run it up up. run it up Like five five seconds into the the first game against the Ducks, right after the first goal, bank scores. That's his, that's his first thought to scream at the kids. Run yeah. it up! Yeah, he's like, <laughs> I just want to fucking murder Bombay right yeah. now. Right, right after I talk shit about like, oh, look at that banner. Yeah, look at I wish that. they take yeah. that one down. Yeah, shame your dad died. Yeah, sucks. Look at this weird yellow for some reason banner. Yeah. <laughs> So, so there you go. That's a that's a great one. Uh, for mine, I'm going with the where Bombay was just bold as brass and the final nail in his coffin with the police officer uh, where, where the cop goes uh, after Bombay says, oh, it was a whittle noisy. <laughs> and the cop's like, what will it be? Uh, blood, breath or urine? And Bombay looks at him and he goes, no, thanks. I'm full. <laughs> That made me laugh for a really long time. So I the best that. part is he laughs at it himself. He laughs yeah, at his own like, joke, and the <laughs> cop is not amused at all. He's no. like, "All right, it's time to time to go downtown." Yeah. <laughs> so I just thought that was a great interaction. Fantastic! That whole DUI scene is is gold. <laughs> From the the license plate to him driving the fucking is it a Corvette through the through the icy streets of minneapolis exactly i always picture it as like an i rock you remember those oh yeah dude <laughs> <I rocks. laughs> so, so there's that <laughs> um all right so the winner of the golden cakey's award for best one liner is cake eater at the end of the game and Brandon, do you want to explain this one? Because yeah, so kind of- I mean, obviously, the best one liner is going to be the the one that we named the podcast off after the yeah. a cake eater, the cake eaters. Yeah. Um, and Jesse says cake eaters probably a hundred times in this movie, it's, give, it's or, great. Gi- give or take a few. Great drinking um, game potential. Oh yeah, 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 yeah! Fantastic. Um, yeah. But the the specifically the one that touches everybody's hearts, brings a tear to your eye, is at the end of the game. Not the end of the game, before the end of the game, yeah. right after uh McGill, right after McGill does his job, puts yeah. Banks in a, on a stretcher, Whew. and Jesse finally, you know, over him and Banks bond over this this sudden trauma that has befallen Banks. Yeah, he realizes Banks isn't that bad, so he goes up to him and uh he goes, does he they do like a fist bump? What do they do? They do like a little fist bump, right? I think. Yeah, well, because Banks is all strapped in and stuff, so he kind of like gives him a little a little Dap. gentle pat, yeah. right? Like a like a hey bud, you yeah. know. And he calls him a calls him a cake eater, but this cake time, eater. yeah, this time in in an enduring way. 
Yeah. You know? Yeah. It was a, it was a friendship cake eater. Mm-hmm. Cause I mean, you know? by definition of the, of the, the phrase banks is a cake eater is a hundred percent a cake eater. So, yeah. you know, you know, wealthier side of town, you know? Yep. Um, but yeah, you get the, the, the enduring one, they bond, they become friends. Ah, nice little it's yeah. a beautiful moment. Uh, you know, healing, cr- crossing bridges, you know, yep. you know, healing, building bridges, crossing them. I'm messing up this phrase. <laughs> Save me, Keith. What do, <laughs> well, I, I, I mean, you've messed it up to the point that I don't even know where to save you at. And instead, <laughs> I'm just going to let those bus tri- tires even, just drive right over you. Just like, I, like <laughs> I, I, ha- I had one. I had like a phrase in my mind and then I started saying it completely wrong. And then I completely forgot what the phrase I was trying to say was. And so it's over. It's gone. So. Yeah. Well, uh, so after that <laughs> spectacular ending of that category, let's move on to the next one. Brandon, the Golden Cakey's category of best goal. So for, for mine, I know that it was part, I want to say it's part four that we went over this D11. And yeah. I, I complained about this goal for quite a long time. And I was very passionate about it because it's a nonsense Impossible goal. That being said, still fun. It's kind of badass, you know. Full. It's the one where the it's the playoff game against the Cardinals, Mm -hmm. and Fulton takes his slap shot from. Is is this the one from half court? No, no. The the one from half court is the one that rips the 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 net. This is that's the Herculean. Yeah, yeah. But so this is the the other one where he is it the Cardinals? Now I'm forgetting if it was. I think it's the Cardinals. But anyway. It's a slap shot from Fulton in the playoffs, and it yeah. it hits the goalie in the chest and knocks him not just down, but through the goal and then yeah. onto the ground. Right on through. It's a great goal, and you know Fulton it, has you, some great goals. Yes, he, he has just ridiculous goals from ripping ripping the net, um, and then this one where he knocks the goalie back into the net. You got to th- like the. Uh, to think of the force it would require to do that coming from a 12 year old, no matter how yeah. big the fucking 12 year old is, is just ridiculous. Yeah. And that like that 12 year old would be like yoked. You know what I mean? Like steroid crushing 12 year old veins bursting from the bicep. It would it, I don't, even it just even then it wouldn't happen. Hulk Hogan, 24 inch pythons brother. Could rip that one. I don't know if he. I, well, I okay. If it was Hulk Hogan against a a twelve year old goalie, it might knock him down. Maybe. Okay. But okay. I that's that's if you could get Hulk Hogan to shoot a hockey puck on target. I don't think that would happen. I think Hulk Hogan would not be able to shoot a shoot a hockey puck. Listen here, brother. Especially he, especially if we're talking nowadays, like current current age Hulk Hogan. There's no way he's there's no way he's even hitting the puck, let alone getting enough force behind it. You know, no, to knock down a goalie. You're right, but like and 1990, a, a, especially if he's on ice skates. 1990, I would, I would love Hulk Hogan. I would love on. to see Hulk Hogan ice skate. That that's what I want to see. That's that's another scene for Game Changer season two. Is get Hulk Hogan on ice skates. Listen, we will end this here. But <laughs> 1990, Hulk Hogan in his prime with a mat. 24-inch pythons, he said his prayer, he ate his vitamins, he's got the Hulkamaniacs behind him. He could definitely 
rip through that kid. Might leave a hole in the kid instead of the net. Jesus. That's that's that's, that's, that's homicide, Heath. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> we're gonna move on to mine after that insanity. You 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 heard it, you heard it here first, guys. Hulk Hogan murdered a 12-year-old. <laughs> Just <laughs> take that to the bank, brother. <laughs> Um, what's your my my goal is you know the probably the most famous mighty duck school the flying v um Mm -hmm. you know the they they do it twice we get two of them right we get the establishment of the flying v and then we get a we run it back in the playoffs and they just go the one that i love is the playoff one because they just carve up through those hawks and jesse Ties the game, I believe, with that goal, um, you know, really sets the tone, that yeah. flying beat. But also, you know, that first one, ah, that first one is just a thing of beauty. It's hard to choose between the two, but the flying V, that's flying V. You know, you get Bombay yelling on the bench, you get Jesse calling for it behind the goal. It's it's a great, it's a great goal. Yep. I mean, yeah, you can't go, can't go wrong with the flying V. It is... Uh... It's it, it's definitely a it, it's a goal for sure. It's, it's definitely not the most feasible. Again, with full, all the Fulton's goals, it's not the most feasible thing in the world. But it makes for good. It makes for a good movie. It makes for a good movie. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> all right. And now the winner of the Golden Kinkies Award for Best Goal is the Triple Deke. And so I think the the. The main reason I decided on the triple deke, I don't know if this is your thinking as well, is the feasibility of it. Like the flying yeah. V, yeah, yeah. flying it's V, it's a real hockey move. Yes, it's it's not some non nonsense fucking you know formation or what the game changers blindfold hockey. It's not none of that fucking nonsense. Um, yeah, it, 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 it could. It's an actual hockey goal. Um, and and you know Charlie. Learning from the best, yeah. Gordon Bombay, the triple deke. Although I, I believe, I believe we talked about this in the, the, the breakdown of that of that part of the movie. Yeah. He he does like six six or seven deeks. Well, they needed um, some well, extra time to build the tension. That's true. They, down and they the, can't the, just the skate with it. Yeah, and he can't just keep it like he's skating down to build the tension. He's just holding it on the right side before he deeks. You know, <laughs> just. It's, Come on, it's building yeah. the drama, Brandon. To okay. know about writing a television show, touche, <laughs> touche. Um, but yeah, Triple D, best goal winner, yeah. uh, championship winner. Yeah, sh- great shootout, a lot of tension. It's fantastic. You know, yeah. couldn't, Josh couldn't... Jackson just sealed his performance with an exclamation point. Just yeah. and Bombay, Bombay finally becomes a champion. Yeah, Whew. we got gotta love it all the way yeah. around. All right. The next category for the Golden Cakeys is the best team name. Okay. And so my honorable mention, this was tough because it's the, the this can be quick because they kind of suck. They're just basics. <laughs> yeah, it's it's nothing like game changers where they just yeah. pulled out all the fucking stops for the yeah. team names. There's no Viper Freeze, there's no uh Maroon Marauders, there's no was Storm and Bears. Yeah. Nova stars. These are all very run of the mills, nonsense stuff. So I just went with Huskies. I, it was yeah. between, it was between Huskies and ducks for me. I was thinking, you know, Huskies, ducks, whatever it was, but uh, I, I ended up going with Huskies. 
Yeah. And, you know, you think yeah, I wanted to give the Ducks a break because that's a pretty obvious choice. And initially I was thinking maybe Cardinals, but now I think I'm going to lock in with the Flames, Brandon. Because, you know, okay. and, and Fuego, they are on they, fire. They have the worst uniforms, though. And that's kind of why. That's kind of why I wanted to I wanted to <laughs> do that because their uniforms are trash. We could, cause, And like they didn't need to be. There's a lot of great things you could do. No. Change it up to some they black. Just, they could go like suns kind of colors, like a mixture of the suns and then like yeah. the actual flames, you know. And the um, they yeah. just picked Anyways. all the wrong colors because they picked they they had orange and red and or no, it was yellow. Is yellow and orange is what it was because the the yeah. base was like a like a it's like puke yellow. Yeah, it was like a like a faded like close. It was a yellow that was closer to orange than it was to yellow kind of look and then you had like bright orange on top of that there just wasn't enough contrast you know you needed you need like a like with the suns or with the the flames you need a bright like red or a bright purple contrasted with the black or you know you you just need more contrast for for something as bright and you know illuminescent as flames and fire you know you don't want a, a faded yellow as your main color you know, but we won't spend too much time just because the one thing the game changers did right was those opposing team names. Oh, they were the fucking best, dude. On point. On so point. good. So I'm going to get to the winner. The winner of the Golden Kiki's Award for the best team name is the Hawks. Obviously. Yep. Yeah. Hawks. A couple Hawks apologists over here. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, we uh, can't. I will, I will not apologize for it. Yeah. We, Hawks, we, Hawks till I die, baby. We don't condone the behavior of McGill when he did his job, but outside of that, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't, I I don't necessarily condone it, but I don't condemn it, you know, (laughs) putting about bounty gate. Brandon was fine with it. You got to do what you got to do. I'm all, you know, you got to run it up. Exactly. You know, it's, it's not worth winning. If you can't win big, Keith, come Uh, on. All right. Disney next season, the game changers, bring the Hawks back, change their colors back. Do, do it right. I would love now that you mentioned it. I would like a a, a Hawks led a Hawks team led by Wolf the Dentist Stanson is ah uh, it's the greatest thing ever. Yeah, I know. I I st- I'm actually shocked after we put out our Game Changers podcast that I haven't heard back from Disney yet. But whatever. I know the, if, they, they, if, they, if they're not going to let us in for season two, they need to give us our own spinoff where we have Wolf the Dentist Stanson leading the Hawks and then Winnie. The sage old, <laughs> sage old descendant of Hans and Jans. That's what we need. Okay. It could be two different shows if we want, or one show together. I don't know. We'll figure it out. <laughs> like the, the they, Dawson's what, Creek of Mighty we, Ducks. It's we need to favorite. spin it off. You know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta treat the Mighty Ducks like Star Wars. We need spinoff after spinoff. We gotta, we gotta expand the universe here, guys. Yeah, we can. We, we can definitely get in on some origin stories, and then we can get in oh. like some. Like some Co- banks afterwards. A Coach Riley origin movie, dude. Listen, what made him the way he was? And a dude. a uh, an MC Ganey origin story. What was it really like driving bus for Grand Funk Railroad? <laughs> <laughs> Lewis, this is the I thing. think I think for that, I think for that we would do uh I think that would best be served not necessarily as like a origin movie, but as like a um 
kind of like what they did with the with the 30 for 30 for the flying v like a like a mock like a mockumentary like a yeah, short okay. mockumentary yeah. of mc gainey as the bus driver <laughs> life is a driver <laughs> oh man and then they you know they play life is a highway that would be that yeah. we could even we could even like de-age mc gainey with like some cgi get him looking real young yeah all right all right <laughs> back back on back on track the next category for the Golden Kiki's Awards, Best Parent. So for my honorable mention, because we, we unlike Game Changers, Game Changers, we got a look at all, pretty much all the parents. Yeah, lots of, of content for Brandon's parenting corner. Yes, this one, the, the, the original movie, not so much. You get Casey, yeah. Charlie's mom. You get Mr. Hall, Jesse yeah. and Terry's dad. And then uh, you get brief glimpses of, of Gordon's dad. Other than that, not a whole lot of parents. So for my honorable mention, I'm going to go a little left field and I'm going to pick Hans. But later Hans, Hans and Hans, as of this movie, when he finally becomes the father figure, because he really dropped the ball when Gordon was a kid, you know, (laughs) he really, he even mentions he's like, I saw what Coach Riley did to you. I saw I saw all the trouble you were going through as a kid, Bombay, but I didn't do anything about it. Yeah, you know? just, I just grabbed just, grabbed some pop some popcorn and sat back and watched that. Yeah, train uh, wait, well, wait, it wasn't too much of a train wreck. He did become a lawyer, just kind that's of a fair. dick of one. That's know? fair. Yeah, but then so, third, you know, twenty years later, Hans is finally like, okay, I guess I you know gotta roll up my sleeves. I guess I'll fucking do it now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and boy, does he do it? He he does it. Boy, howdy. (laughs) So for mine, I'm going to shout out Casey Conway. Uh, She has a couple Mm. really big highlights. First and foremost, she saved these youths from a icy death when she stopped them from Mm -hmm. continuing to drive around on the ice on the limo. Yeah, when when Gordon was fucking around with the ice universe. uh, Geez, like, you know, Mr. Zen Master with the ice (laughs) universe. Not with my kid, bud. You know, that that line, dude. That fucking line. Ice (laughs) universe. Um, But then she also (laughs) um, tells him to cut the shit uh, when he tries to get into that uh, palace and get get a room in in her imaginary secret fairy yes. palace and she, she she cut him out it's like hey there's a kid at home like you can break my heart but you can't break charlie's heart because he loves you man you are coach and part-time papa she does uh an immaculate job as yeah. a single mother navigating the dating world of setting those boundaries yeah Fucking magnificent yeah take notes take notes a plus grade from brandon's parenting corner Mm -hmm. absolutely not very often seven stars seven stars seven out of seven yeah (laughs) it's not very not very often you can get that kind of an a plus grade so shout out to casey casey (laughs) conway and the winner of the golden kiki's award for best parent is mr hall and I believe we mentioned this a couple of times when we were talking about the movie is yeah. Mr. Hall crushes it. You know, he mentions he's working overtime so he can, cause he's got two, he's got two kids on this team, not just one. He's got two kids. He's working overtime so he can afford to put them through. You know, he gives is, up his overtime to watch a game. Yes. Gives up know? his overtime, the fall game, 
He is at every single game. Every yep. single game he's at. And then when Bombay is contemplating stepping away after the whole Peter fiasco, yep. he steps up and he's like, I'll, I'll coach him. I'll coach him the rest of the way. That way we don't have to quit the season, you know? Yeah. It's great stuff. He also was first on board with some of that Ducks merch. He got that really nice green crew neck. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, was, like those he, crew necks, they're not was, cheap. He was rocking that snapback to the green snapback. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I forgot about that. So, like, not only that, but, like, just really rocking that Ducks fashion. He made you want that exact same getup. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Great parent. Great support all the way around. Mr. Hawk. Just Question. setting the bar very high. Seven yep. stars. Holy. <laughs> My word. All right. The next category for the Golden Cakey's Awards is Best Cameo. Um, and so we just, uh, we kind of tied on, on the honorable mention. So you just want to talk us through the honorable mention, Brandon? Yeah, yeah. So, so there's, there's not a lot of cameos, per se, in this movie. Um, especially because it's the first movie in the the series, so there's not a lot, there's no people from previous movies or anything like that. The only real cameo, one of the only real cameos we get are the Minnesota North Stars players that show up um, when they're right before they're skating around um, and then going to the game. And we have uh, Basil McRae, pod favorite. Pot, yeah, fr- friend of the program, Basil. McCray. Yeah, absolutely. Give us a call, Basil. We'd, yeah. we'd love to hear from you, man. Like with the ah, oh, man, Basil McRae. Yeah, fantastic. Although okay. he does, he, I, I'm still a little upset about the the whole him recognizing Bombay from Pee Wee Hockey. Doesn't make. Gotta let sense. that go, Brandon. Gotta I can't. Go. Never. Never. Um, what about then, Mike Madonna? And then Mike Madonna is the second Minnesota North Stars player that you that we get the cameo from. Um, and he has the great line. I think it's the only thing he says where uh, he, he's looking at Bombay and he goes, oh, "I thought you were a farmer." Yeah, that's great. And he kind of has like a Minnesota accent when he says it too. It's like, "Oh, I heard you were a farmer." <laughs> oh yeah, jeezy. Yeah, I wonder is Mike Madonna from? Uh, I, I don't he, know. I know he, I, he is for sure American from yes. the, the great U.S. of A. I don't, I don't know. He's from Michigan. Livonia, Michigan. Michigan. Same difference. Still going to get a little bit of that northern. Oh, definitely not the same difference. <laughs> you're going to get some hate letters here. That's that's okay. Bring it. Bring it on. <laughs> that's, uh, but yeah, yeah. So gotta, that, that, that's that's the honorable mention is the, the Stars yeah. players. We got Basil McRae, Mike Madonna crushing it. And the winner. Of the Golden Kiki's Award for Best Cameo is the lawyer, who is also one of the writers. He's the the writer. The writer. The, the, the writer and the creator. Uh, Stephen Brill is his name. The guy who wrote, uh, created uh, the Mighty Ducks, wrote this movie, wrote the second and the third movie, and then is... I don't know if he's the... I don't think he's the only writer for Game Changer season one. I think there was like a team of like three or four people, but he's one of them. So he's still heavily and he's an executive producer. He's still heavily involved in Game Changers. But so Stephen Brill, he plays the lawyer from the beginning of the movie, uh, Freddie Boy, the yeah. one who uh, is uh, who loses to Bombay with the old lady case and then is the, the prosecuting uh, lawyer for Bombay's DUI. Yeah. Bombay roasts him for wearing the same tie multiple days. Yep. Yep. And it's uh it's a Frankie boy. 
Frankie boy, not Freddie boy. My apologies. My apologies. Yeah, that's uh, it's definitely why we don't have nice things. But I did want to just correct that real quick. Yeah. But uh, fun fact, um, Stephen Brill originally wrote this movie with the idea of him playing Gordon Bombay. And then when Disney came on, they were like, no, we want to get we want to get a big we want to get a big name. And so that's when they tried to get. Um, I believe they originally tried to get Bill Murray. I think that was the first person they tried to get. Okay. And then he said no. And then they went for Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen said no. And then they went with Emilio. That's right. Cause I think we talked about this too. Cause it would have had Bill Murray would have probably had more of a bad news bears esque kind of feel to it. Rather. Yeah. Than it would have been more. Yeah. He would have been more, I think grouchy old man yeah. than anything. And that would have been, Cheeky old curmudgeon. Yeah, I don't think he definitely. The I mean, it would have it would have changed the tone for this one for sure, and then it would have completely, like I don't see how you do anything remotely resembling D two with Bill Murray as the coach. No, that wouldn't have worked at all. Definitely not getting any fucking air bombays. That's for sure. <laughs> no, no. no way, man. Yeah, and then what do you do with Hans? Because Bill <laughs> Bill Murray's uh, he's a he well, I mean, at that time he probably at that time he was only about 40, 40s or fifties. Yeah, he would he could have still used some sage guidance from yeah. older Hans. I was just imagining like current bomb or current Bill Murray getting advice from Hans. It's like, dude, we're the same age, bro. <laughs> uh, one one time I got stopped in an airport because these two old ladies thought I was Bill Murray's son. Um, it was it was one what? of the yeah, yeah, it was one of the weirder experiences what? that ever happened to me. So I what was is, wearing one is, of those like Bill Murray shirts. You know what I'm talking about? Like, 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 one the, of those, golf, like the golf shirts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I was, yeah, like with his face on it. And so I was wearing, oh, one oh of those with shirts. his face on it. Okay. Yeah, I was wearing one of those shirts. And these two old ladies came up to me. I was sitting in an airport, maybe in Orlando. And these two old ladies came up to me and they're like, oh, Hey, young man. Uh, and I was like, the kids, you know, like this was before everyone had like AirPods and, and white, you know, Bluetooth beats and shit. You didn't walk around with a lot of headphones on. But anyways, yeah. they came up and they approached me and they were like, is, is that your dad on your shirt? And I was like, <laughs> it's like, well, uh, it, n- n- no, that's, that's did Bill they, Murray. <laughs> did they know it was Bill Murray? Yeah. Oh, okay. And I was like, no, it's just, it's just a, fun shirt and they're like oh we, we thought maybe you were it was you were his son and it was your dad you guys kind of looked the same <laughs> yeah sucks saw, to be bill murray so i pulled up <laughs> Sorry, dude. i pulled up uh all of bill murray's sons here on google because he i he has quite a few i didn't realize he had so many okay one of them unless this is just another guy that popped up who's not really related to him one of them was a fucking race car driver oh wow okay um there you go but i thought i thought you'd enjoy yeah, yeah. cooper <laughs> cooper murray is the the race car driver but you look nothing like any of these kids <laughs> any know. of these people the, the, the only one i could maybe see is luke um because but even that is like a huge fucking stretch for you to be confused with luke murray uh luke murray who is a, a basketball coach by the way yeah and- co- college basketball coach but he's yeah, you don't look anything like any of these other people. Like it's, yeah, ugh. it was it was hilarious. And you don't look like any you don't look anything like Bill Murray 
that's anyway. what I'm saying. It I it caught me if you're you're it absolutely caught me off guard. It's why it's such a great story, you know. It's why it made me think of it. I was like, oh yeah, this lady is just for, for some reason people always come in, talk to me at the airport, and like ask me for directions. Even when I, one time I was reading a book and had my Beats headphones on, and someone asked me a question about where their gate was. If that doesn't say don't fucking talk to me, I don't know what does. But I guess, you know, they still ask me. Anyways, yeah, I, I've had. And, okay, you know, so so anyways. now now I'm in a I'm in a huge Bill Murray deep dive right now on Google. Okay, um, I, I got you way off topic. When, you have you have a similar nose to Bill Murray. I will okay. say, <laughs> but that's it. That's all. Uh, it's just the nose, but. Maybe I look like not Bill Murray, but I look like Bill Murray's face from the T-shirt, <laughs> like a little distorted. Maybe, right? maybe, like not like actual Bill Murray. I just don't get like, like weird cop. <laughs> like because what? I look like him a little bit. They thought I like. And who wears a picture of their dad's face? That's that's <laughs> what I want to unpack a little bit. Let's unpack that a little bit. These old ladies <laughs> think are thinking you're the son of Bill Murray. Yeah. And then they're also thinking that you're going to walk through an airport with your dad's with a picture yeah. of your dad's face on your shirt. Yeah. Yeah. There's Who, a lot uh, of, and your dad's a famous person. Yeah. It'd be like, I, I just, no one I, wants to draw that attention to no. themselves. Yeah. You it was a shirt that says I'm Bill Murray's son. <laughs> great moment, Florida airport, you know, it's just, what, do you, what do you expect? That's one of the most bizarre stories I think I've ever heard. That's, yeah, it's not the only one. time a guy <laughs> asked me if I thought I was Ben Roethlisberger in the Omaha Mall. That one I could see a little more. Not that you look like Ben Roethlisberger, but with at least the, same build, same hairline, same beard. Exactly, same beard, same hairline. Same, you're you're a big white guy with receding hair and a beard. I could I can understand that. It's just that he's like six six, and I'm like six two. So there's a bit of a how how tall was the person uh that said this to you though short random guy oh yeah that makes sense he doesn't know what four inches is he has no idea yeah that 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 one caught me off guard too anyways oh wow so i got us way off 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 topic there but that's okay (laughs) that's what this that's what this podcast is all about that's why the 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 listeners tune in they want to hear insane tangents about (laughs) my life (laughs) i like how (laughs) I like how I prefaced um, before we started recording this. We should try to make this like short and sweet, kind of speed it up. And we have done nothing but go on tangents. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, Some of the most wild in podcast history. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, all right. So let's go to the, to the next category. Yeah. <laughs> the getting to that halfway point, I think just over it. So the next golden cakey's category is the best ongoing storyline okay so for my honorable mention for this one i chose the i'm, I'm calling it the politics of minnesota peewee hockey which is the gerrymandering that that happened before this season apparently where they redrew the lines uh which made banks a duck instead of a yeah. hawk um but they redrew the lines Apparently they redrew the lines and they just didn't think to to check if that affected anybody. <laughs> and then and then you get so once Bombay brings that up or Hans brings it up to Bombay, Bombay uses that to get banks on 
the ducks. And then you have the whole fight that ensues after that, where you have uh, Ducksworth, uh, Phil Banks, uh, Adam's dad, and then coach Riley who form a team to uh, broker a deal. Yeah. They're going to coerce. The they, hockey. They, they cut a deal with the the U, the peewee hockey association whatever it is that they're a part of couple um, bribes here a couple, cu- couple bribes, bribes here. there yeah um and the minnesota peewee hockey league is like okay we'll take the deal we'll take the bribes but bombay needs to formally withdraw his protest yeah. which i mean that's a whole other thing like what <laughs> why do you need him to formally withdraw the protest just it's the 1990s. Just shred the document that he sent you. You know. Yeah. Just never received the facts. Sorry. Yeah. You already wow. and and you already and like all you need are two anon. You're just two anonymous donations away from all of this going away forever. Like yeah. you said, it's the early 90s. That happened all the time. Yeah. So, just anyway. shred it. Shred it and say you never got it. You know. Yeah. <laughs> um. I've been <laughs> I've been watching a lot of uh. Well, because uh the the new season of S- Succession came out okay. on HBO. I don't know if you've seen that. I haven't, but it's popular. Bill Simmons talks about it all the time. So I, I hadn't watched it either, but with the new season coming out, I was like, fine, I'll, I'll go back and I'll, I'll, uh, I'll watch it. Cause my roommate has, has watched all of it. Um, so I went back and I watched season one the other day. Um, and yeah, that's all you gotta do. That's all you need to do in any kind of corporate America nonsense. Just shred it. It's fine. Yeah. Just shred it. <laughs> Perfect. All right. So I'll go quick on my honorable mention. It's uh, it made me laugh throughout the uh, entire first half of the movie. It's the fact that these kids were like street kids and we were introduced to the district five players of them dumpster diving, getting a purse so that they could do the mm-hmm. first ever recorded poop dollar um, <laughs> where they then get chased down by that random guy that picks it up. You know, they, they somehow stumble upon a big stack of swimsuit issues. You know, they're just always lurking around the street. And I just thought that was hilarious that we've got some district five street kids. I think they do a really good job. And again, talking about nineties compared to now, you wouldn't get these, these, the, these scenes with them being street kids nowadays. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I think this movie does a really good job of setting them up as, kids that are incredibly poor from like not a not so good neighborhood and they're just on the streets in the middle of the day in the middle of winter fending for themselves you know yeah it's great stuff yeah parents are working kids gotta go do their thing stay entertained exactly and and they i think they hammer it home even more with all the equipment the the weird ass fucking equipment they all have at the beginning of the movie yeah like that's all they could afford to scramble together yeah. yeah, you need that that deep pocket Ducksworth is what you need. Exactly, and then go uh, donate it all to Hans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fucking Hans, exactly. made out like a goddamn bandit, dude. And now the winner of the Golden Kinkies Award for Best Ongoing Storyline, Coach Riley Bombay Trauma. Yes, the just the with, with Coach Riley's super passive aggressive midwestern attitude you get just this long festering and and, you know going in in conjunction with bombay's dad dying the penalty shot him blaming coach riley blaming it on on bombay him quitting hockey 
Yeah. You know, this the terrible it, pep talk right before the shot yes, of like, wish just, your dad could be here, Gordon. Yes. It's just so much toxic pressure and, you know, all that yeah. kind of stuff. And then you couple it with the fact that his dad died. He doesn't have a father figure anymore. Hans is nowhere to be found. It leads mm. to a drinking problem. He becomes an alcoholic. He becomes a heartless lawyer. Yeah. You know, he's fucking banging court reporters. <laughs> you know, he's just. He's probably not wearing protection, you know, <laughs> just, just really irresponsible choices. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and it all it builds all up. Out. And then, I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't really, I guess he, he kind of towards when he's talking to Hans towards the, like the middle and the, the end of the movie, he's finally coming to grips with the trauma, you know, but he doesn't, I mean, he doesn't really do too much to get over it. Yeah. Other other than just well, actually, I think he does. I take that back. I think he what he does, he begins to get over it because I think what coupled with Hans's um like advice and his talks with him about how um he used to love hockey and Coach Riley ruined it for him. And you yeah. know, his dad dying is not part of that equation at all, even though it feels yeah. like it is. I think cu- that coupled with him finally seeing Coach Riley for what Coach Riley is. Because I, I think, with, especially with his dad dying at the time it, he does, then he turns to Coach Riley as his father figure. You know, yeah. he's like, "This is the, this is my new this is my new dad, and I'm gonna ride this out." And so, with that, you don't when you have somebody you know held in that kind of regard as your father figure, you don't see the bad stuff. You don't you know you get rose colored glasses. Yeah, you don't really see it. So I think Hans kind of opens his eyes to it a little bit. And then when he finally sees, you know, coach Riley take out the hit on banks, that's when, it's over. What it, that's when he's like, okay, this dude's a fucking asshole and ruined my life. Yeah. And so then he, I think at that point he starts to, to at least acknowledge and try to, to come to grips with just how, you know, messed up of a person he is. Agree. And that just it carries all the way throughout the entire movie. But anyway, yes. so oh yeah, they, they they drop little Coach Riley seeds with the flashbacks and everything. Yeah, throughout. Uh, yeah, yeah, throughout the whole movie. Yeah. All right. The next Golden Kiki's category is best couple. Best couple. And so this one was tough again as well. because Slim pickings, one may say. Not not a lot of couples. So I went, just like with, uh, you know, best parent, I'm going to kind of go uh, left field here and come out of left field. And for my best couple, I'm going to choose Carp's mom and the mailman. That is it Banks? It's Banks that says it to him, right? Yeah, it's either that, Banks or McGill. I can't yeah. remember which one. It's it's from the the Sports Illustrated scene. They're they they steal Carp steals the Sports Illustrated issue, yeah. uh, swimsuit issue. Looking at all of it or whatever, they're all making fun of Gee's mom, and they're picking on Peter. And then the Hawks rollerblade in, steal it all out of their hands, and um, they're like, "Oh, does your mommy know you have this?" And then yeah. I think it's I think it's Banks. That says that's talking to Carp and is like, oh no, she's probably busy with the mailman. Great burn, great burn. And so I hope that Carp's mom and the mailman have uh, have been able to establish a kind of you know a long lasting relationship that kind of you know helped 
helped both of them get through a tough time in their lives. It would explain some of Carp's behavioral issues if he came from a broken home due to mailman interference and mm-hmm. his bond with Peter. Yes, absolutely. It would explain so much. Yeah, that's 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 a that's with slim pickings. That's a that's a great left field choice, Brandon. There's, like just no, there's there's just because because I, I know I know who you're gonna pick, and I know yeah. who we picked as the winner. And outside of those two, there's no. There's no one else. There's no couples. Um, yeah. I guess yeah. one, one, one we could one we could have used. They're not really a couple though. Um, but you have uh, when when they're uh, trying to recruit Tommy and Tammy. Yeah. And you get you, re- <laughs> you get Terry. You realize Terry, Terry, little Terry, has a crush on Tammy. Because yeah. he's like, ooh, that's Tammy. And maybe maybe their love blossom like Guy and Connie. Maybe because I mean neither of them are in the second movie. Spoiler yeah. alert. Uh, so maybe they're they're off, you know, gallivanting, living yeah. living the young love life. Yeah. Well, I won't go too deep into mine, Brandon, because it's the obvious choice. Casey and Bombay, their mm-hmm. love flourishes just like Bombay's coaching expertise starts to flourish. You know, it's hand in hand. One may say, you like that pun. Um, you know, that's. Uh, <laughs> And the viewers didn't didn't get to see the the delightful wink I gave Brandon after that pun. So it's just uh, you know pulling out all the stops here for the golden cakeies, one may say. But anyways, <laughs> Bombay and Casey they seal it with the kiss after Bombay says all the right two, things. Two kisses, right? Two. Oh, because then at the end, because they they kiss at the after the the game. The win, after they win, yeah. and then they kiss right before he gets on the bus. Yep. Oh, that's right. That's right. Um, but yeah, so Casey and Bombay. That's it. It's a great one, you know? Yeah. Especially the the kiss right before the bus. Then he hops on the bus and uh what is it? Uh the outfield plays. Yeah. Yeah, it's that great send-off moment. What fuck, what's what song is it? Um, I don't know. We talked about it already though. Oh well, whatever. Move on. It's it's by yeah. the outfield though. It's it and it's not because the, the outfield, their 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 big hit is your love. It's not that one, it's a different one. And the winner of the Golden Cakey's Award for Best Couple is Connie and Gee. Obviously. This, this is a no-brainer times a thousand. And now that we know what Connie and Gee become, watching their young romance blossom is an absolute thing of beauty. The way that... You know, Guy comes to her protection always whenever he can. They hold hands at the at the game. Um, I don't know if you noticed this, but when Bombay is teaching them to take falls, Guy and Connie are paired up, and Connie trips up Guy, puts him on his backside. I I don't remember that, but I, I, yeah, they do a great job of because at, at the end at the end of the game. They share the the kiss, right? Yeah, they and seal it with the kiss, and they I, almost favorite, fall over. They almost fall over. And my favorite part is Goldberg is like right behind him, and he has like the most shocked look on his face when they like, kiss him. Oh! But they do a really good job of throughout the movie. You have you know, either she comes to his defense or he comes to her defense. That happens a couple times both yeah. ways. Yeah. Um, they're always sitting next to each other. They're always partnered up. They do a great job of like sprinkling the little, you know, the seeds of love yeah. before the before the eventual kiss. They and then it, and, and then two and three it grows even more and more. Um, and then uh, obviously game changers. We find out that they're married with kids, living just living the fucking dream. 
yeah, the American dream up there in yeah. uh, in in Minnesota, and you gotta yeah. you, you gotta love it for him, you know, podcast yes. faves. Oh, I I I would have rioted if in Game Changers they they did not have uh Gee and Connie still together. I would have yeah. I would have thrown a fucking fit. <laughs> we would have shut down the podcast and just completely rebelled against the yeah. Game Changers. I I I would drive to to like Disney Disney Plus headquarters and start fucking throwing rocks in windows. <laughs> uh, but, by the, by the way, winning it all was the the song by the outfield at the end. Winning it all. Winning Such it all. A great great a perfect not end to a 90s sports movie, especially an underdog movie. You know, can't get better than that. A most excellent send-off. Uh, wow. Well, what a great category. And that leads into our next category, Brandon. The next Uh-oh. golden cakey's category is best friendship. Yes. And so this one, I even thought, so I thought about putting the, my honorable mention for this as the honorable mention for best couple as well but then i was like ah, oh, that I, you know maybe not I'll, I'll i'll you know it's a little too cheeky too cheeky exactly and especially like with the categories being right at one right after the other you know but so my honorable mention for best friendship is lewis and bombay lewis being mc ganey the grand funk railroad driver limo driver van yeah. driver uh eventual assistant coach um, because he hop, he hops in the bench. He's got his own jersey. Film you really, guy. You really see, yep, yep. You really see their friendship blossom. Although it's all, it, it's kind of like I've mentioned it before. I got to imagine there's scenes that got cut from this movie of Lewis and Bombay uh, of either Lewis being more involved with the hockey practices or Lewis and Bombay just one on one bonding because he goes from just being the limo driver to being the assistant coach on the bench with very little explanation in between. So I got to imagine there's a couple scenes that got cut, but I think even it's us assuming the friendship, because he starts off calling him sir and stuff, but then you see him like on the bench and they're high-fiving and there's like some other just yes. like, and then you see on moments, the right. Yeah, when they're when they're on the the North Stars, when they're skating around the North Stars rink, yeah. and everybody's teaching Lewis how to skate, he's falling, he knocks Bombay over. They're yeah, they're together. hamming it up, they're yeah. buddying around, you know, just a couple buddies buddying around. Yeah, yeah. That's yep. but I mean, spoiler alert: Lewis slash MC Ganey does not reprise his role in any of the other movies, nor in Game Changers, yeah. which is a huge missed opportunity. That's going to be because one of the categories <laughs> for the Golden Cakey's is we have biggest missed opportunity. That's going to be my biggest missed opportunity for not only D2, but D3. It's where okay. the fuck is MC Game? <laughs> there you go. Um, I'm not going to go super deep into mine yet again, just because it's Connie and Gee. Um, Those two. But, yeah. Because, you know, they it, their relationship started as a friendship. And for all the kiddos Absolutely. out there, those are the relationships that stay rock solid, you know, where the other person isn't just going to abandon you because you're not just there for the romance and all that stuff. Because mm-hmm. the romance isn't always alive. That's not a realistic no. expectation you can get, of your friends. You can get romance anywhere, you know. Yeah, that's <laughs> you can, you can yeah. get romance from a new pet. You could. You can get romance from the the personal section. 
You know, you can get it anywhere. Five dollar whorehouse. You know, anywhere, anywhere you want. I knew you didn't need to specify. I knew where you were going. I was going with a much more, you know, Disney Plus rated uh, romance. No, I'm in. Version. I'm in nineties mode. I'm. You know, I'm making <laughs> circumcision <laughs> references. Celebrity um, death match is still around. You know, Pamela Anderson is ninety yeah. star, right? Like, yeah. But no, you are, you are right. Like, especially it starts as a friendship um, and you don't necessarily need like for, for the, the best relationships, they don't necessarily need to start as a friendship, but you absolutely have to find that. Like you have to find that friendship, even best friendship, dare I say somewhere along the lines in order yeah. for it to last, you know, you yeah. need that, that extra dimension for sure. Absolutely. To get you through the uh, the times where it's not as fun or exciting. Yes. Because then it's always fun. You know, if you're just, you know. If you're, yeah, if you're just hanging out with your best friend, you yeah. know, what what could be better? Exactly. Yeah. Just Connie and Keith, you know, the epitome of all things. Ah. All right. Goals. Hashtag relationship goals. Oh, there you go. Raised hands emoji. <laughs> <laughs> And the Golden Cakey's Award for wait best sorry, friendship. Yeah, sorry, I got I, I, my brain froze when I looked at the category. I said sorry. And the winner of the Golden Cakey's Award for best friendship is Peter and Carp. Yes, I think this they they definitely have the clearest friendship bond throughout the movie, even though they're both fucking annoying assholes, you know. They're they 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 have that bond between each other, you know, especially because it happens like three or four times where somebody makes fun of Carp and Peter turns to him and goes, Are you gonna fucking take that, dude? Yeah. I think I think the moment that best sums up their friendship to me is when um Charlie jumps up to defend his mom's honor, and then Connie jumps up to defend Charlie and pushes Carp. And Peter jumps up to Carp's defense and says, hey, can't push Carp like that. And I think that <laughs> that pretty that is, much that is the best one. That I, pretty much sums up their friendship to the T. Because yes, Peter instigates Carp and gets him all riled up, but he's always gonna be there for him. And so he, I I don't I don't know how intentional it was considering they're they're 12 year old actors, but in that scene. The way he says, "You hey, hey, you can't push carp like that. He says it so, like, earnest and genuine um, that, I, and again, I don't know how intentional it was, uh, but it was just a fantastic acting job. Yeah. You know, whether, whether it was an intentional choice or if it may, because maybe Peter, the actors, Peter and Carp, maybe they were, maybe they were really good friends off, you know, off, off air, off camera on the set. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe that was just like a genuine you know, heart reaction that he had for for Carp as a uh, the actor as a person, rather than you know, an acting choice. Like that. Yeah, yeah. But either that scene, that I do love that scene. That scene's fucking fantastic. <laughs> That's great. <clears throat> All right. The next Golden Cakey's category is Pheasant of the Tea. Ah, my favorite category. So for this this one, this one is kind of tough, honestly, because they're all 
not good hockey players. Yeah, they're all not good at first, but then they all generally make improvements throughout yes. the movie too. And yes. they like show the improvements of each player. So it like makes sense. Yes. And so for my choice is Goldberg. I went with Goldberg. Yeah. Um, he does, I will say he does, he gets markedly better. Yeah. From the beginning of the movie to the end of the movie. And they show, like you said, they show his natural progression of getting better. Yep. That being said, at the end of the movie, he is still a terrible goalie. He is <laughs> diving out of position when he does not need to. He's just, uh, he's making very impulsive decisions when he's in the net. Yep. And I don't know if impulsive is the best quality for a goaltender. So two great moments from Goldberg prior to him getting really good the first when he takes the fall uh in in the goal <laughs> and then they score because he just falls over and yeah. trip and the second um which doesn't involve his goal well, you're, you're skipping the best part is when he skates to the bench after that and bombay goes goldberg you're not supposed to fall if they're shooting and he goes oh i'm sorry you should have said that or something like that <laughs> So great moment, but the other time that Goldberg was really struggling is when he was fighting with those pants when they were <laughs> yeah. trying on the hockey equipment. That's, yeah. that's those are my two favorite uh, Goldberg that's a, moments. Before the fighting the good. pants is the best one for sure. Another one I love is when I forget what game it is, but he like he gives up a goal and he like skates after the ref and he's like screaming after the ref. He's like, "What are you yeah. blind out here?" Yeah, great stuff, Goldberg. Great stuff. <laughs> So for, for my pheasant of the team, I have Carp, who okay. you never actually really see his progression. You just kind of assume that he maybe gets a little bit better, but he had a massive puddle of eggs in front of him because he could he not did. get that down. When Bombay was trying to teach him to skate, he waxed pretty hard. It may have been the falls one, but he just like ran and jumped and it looked really awkward. Um he just drops to his knees and takes a puck right in the face. So um, I was going to say, I am 90% sure. Correct me if I'm wrong. If you have, because if you have uh, another instance of him playing hockey, but I believe him getting a concussion, taking a puck to the dome is the only actual game action of hockey that we see him do. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that is 100% right. So, yeah. And then Same. just so the, the complete disregard for his his safety that the team has afterwards. Dump him into alarming. The bench. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's fine. Zero, zero neck support. Just throw him into the bench. Yeah, it's fine. He's <laughs> he's good. Um, and the winner of the Golden Cakey's Award for Pheasant of the Team is Peter. And we talk about this a lot. So along with Carp, I don't think we ever do. We ever see Peter actually in a game. There might be some in there, but I don't think it ever specifies him. I think that sometimes you just see like a short kid and it's up to you to guess if it's Tommy or Peter, you know, like that's what yeah. I thought. Well, so I know, I know in the, the Hawks game, the championship game there, T Tommy is in there. He's the real short guy. And you're sure that's him? Yes. Cause you can see the, the name on the back. Okay. Um, and so it's him and yeah, so that, that's Tommy during there, but like before Tommy shows up, Peter might yeah. be in a game or two, yeah. um, but yeah, but again, they, they don't like, they don't highlight it at all. They don't really show anything, everything, every line that he has, every like action sequence that I can remember of him 
during the games is when he's on the bench. Yeah. So, so yeah, Fezzan and the team, he's not bringing much to the table. And he also led a mutiny. Yeah. And he's the worst locker room guy I've ever seen. Yeah. In my life. Like, you know, just, yeah. yeah. If you're going to talk about it a makes, toxic locker room, it makes guy. James, James Harden look like a fucking top notch teammate. You yeah. know, listen, I don't, I, Brandon, come on, man. It's so still, I don't, did you, it's, it's still too fresh that James not to, Harden, not to know, go on a, James Harden usurping the Rockets. I just, that's why I brought it up. God, just ruining it. Okay, to all the fans out there, I lived in Houston for a while. I had Rocket season tickets. It was awesome. I've become a huge fan. What what James Harden did to the Rockets is everything that is the worst part of sports. Like everything that makes it's just yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> he so just ruined you, the whole team. <laughs> not to go, not to go on another tangent, but they just they released it's the NBA's 75th anniversary or 75th season, 75th anniversary. Yeah, actually, don't even think it's their 75th anniversary. I think it's. I'd have they to do like the that. 75. They did the the team they did the set for they 52. Did, yeah, they did the same did, thing. The 75 greatest. Yeah, did you see some of the people on that list? Is a stretch, and then everybody was because they left Kyrie Irving off the list, and every like Kevin Durant was throwing a fit on Twitter. Kyrie Irving has no business anywhere near the top 75 of all time. Nowhere no. near it. The only reason Kevin Garnett was pitching a fit was trying to get no, Ke- Kevin, Kevin Durant. Kevin, same thing. Just Kevin, trying to Kevin, get him to come back and play and to get vaccinated. That's all he was trying to do is be like, oh, hey, Kyrie's so good. Hey, do you want to come back and play this year? D- don't get me started. Brandon, why did you? We were trying <laughs> to not do these tangents, and then you just have to needle me with something that's going to get me so riled up for the rest of the day. Yeah, But some of the names on that list, like I, Kyrie has no – no reason to be on there. I think Damian Lillard and Russell Westbrook, I think tied for like the last spot or something like that. Neither of those people deserve to be on that list. Westbrook makes sense just because top 75 of all time. Well, the way he has stepped of all sheets and time MVPs stats. You got, does he have a lot of, uh, does he have a lot of MVPs? Yeah. He has an MVP. He has a league. He has a league MVP. Yeah. Okay. 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 Oh, okay. I can see it on that point then. Yeah. That that's one thing that I that I because they they left uh, Jokic off. Yeah. Now full full disclosure to the listeners, I'm a Denver Nuggets fan, extremely biased. They left Jokic off and they left Alex English off. That's the egregious. Alex, I'm a English, huge NBA fan and I don't even know who Alex English. You don't know who Alex so. Alex English scored more points than any other player. In the throughout the 1980s, he has the most points in the NBA throughout the 1980s. How does that not get you on the list? Because he. How do you not know Alex? Do, do do some some basketball homework and go look up Alex English. He's one of the greatest basketball players of all time. The Denver Nuggets of the 80s are not worth any time. I'm sorry, Brandon. I mean, he was I on know, a, he was on other teams of the Nuggets too. I but, I know, but that's I'm just saying. But anyways, anyways, I. No, but I I'm, just saying, I'm just saying, A, if you don't know who Alex English is, you're an idiot. <laughs> B, if you don't think Alex English deserves to be on the top 75 of all time, you're a fucking idiot. 
He's the only Kim Olajuwon, that's for sure. It's, I, no, I am, okay, I am I'll, a, I'll I'll give you that. I'll, I'll, Olajuwon's better. I'll give you that for sure. For sure. The, the guy who got me super into basketball and to fall in love with it was Sean Kemp. He was like the Blake Griffin yeah. before Blake Griffin was uh, in the 90s. And like Kemp. some of his highlights, ooh, really nice. Anyways, let's get us back again. Yeah. We've gotten off the rails a few times today. That's okay. You know, we're just, we, we got some golden cakey's yeah. energy. You know, we could talk, sure. we could well, talk nineties NBA all day on this podcast, but that would just, you know, it would just we, get us. We'll, we'll start a spinoff. And, yeah. Uh, we, we can just, we could start a spinoff podcast specifically about the 75 list. And that'll probably, we could probably argue about that for six years. <laughs> During quarantine, I actually went back and watched the 96 finals where the Bulls played the Supersonics. I, oh, yeah. I went back and, and watched all six games. <laughs> yeah, this is quarantine, man. There's a lot yeah. of stuff that, that people were. Oh, I was I was deep diving uh old uh my roommate Danny even made fun of me because I they they have uh on YouTube you can find a whole bunch too, but even on ESPN like plus, yeah. Um you can they have a bunch of like old nhl games like full games from like the 70s and 60s and so i was like watching all those nice danny was like what are you doing you know this game already happened right <laughs> it's like yeah, yeah. it's I fine get it. yeah. i'm gonna relive these moments yeah. <laughs> all right so let's let's move on <laughs> the next golden cakey's category is team mvp team mvp for my honorable mention it should surprise nobody I'm going with my boy, Guy Germain. Yeah. Who, no honest, honestly, he's my honorable mention, but I, I, I could easily be talking to him being the winner of this category. Well, it took, he's, he's the greatest thing that's ever happened to the, the city of Minneapolis. Heath. It, it took a little bit of convincing, I believe, on my end. Je- Jesse Ventura, who, you know, what? Pr- Prince, who? Wow, I'm I'm blanking on other Minneapolis people. Um, I can't believe you went there with Jesse the Body, though, man. He's like from Minneapolis, he was, right? I know he was. He was. Yeah, he was, he was, like a, the, he was, he was the governor. governor. Yeah. yeah, I just didn't know if he was actually from Minneapolis. I'm surprised he became governor. I, you know, how I love going back and rewatching like old WWF pay per views and WCW pay per views from the 80s and 90s. That guy said some stuff on the color oh, commentary. Dude, yeah. <laughs> oh, hey, man. Um, yeah. Anyways, uh, Jesse the body. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, Guy Germain, the guy, he he is the first suggestion for a lot of people when Charlie gets the the attempt for the game winning goal because he's automatic. You know, he is. Yes. He's probably and, and he had- him and my honorable mention are the two main cogs that make this team go yes mm-hmm. you know yep. And, yep. and and your, your honorable mention go ahead and mention who you your honorable mention is we've got jesse hall for my mm-hmm. honorable mention between him and the, Guy, the oreo line man yeah oh man and, and you know terry is in there with the oreo line but you know terry gets replaced very quickly once yeah, we so get our new addition yeah. um yep and spoiler the, alert terry does not make it to uh the second movie yeah, yeah. Just Jesse does though. though. Jesse does. But yeah, uh, leaves his brother Jesse, behind. Way to be a way to be a solid brother, Jesse. Guy and Jesse, super great line. But the winner, the winner of the Golden Cakey's Award for Team MVP is Adam Banks. Yep, because he comes in, 
He turns takes around over and he's cl- clearly the best player in the, 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 the entire peewee hockey association. 100%, 100%. Like he's like league MVP, not yes. just team MVP because he picks up right where he left off. Like, you know, whether it was the ducks, whether it was the Hawks, like he was ripping wheel snipe sellies all day, Brandon. Yeah. Like, dirty, you know, dirty dangles. Oh my word. You know, like he was absolutely just crushing those. Uh, and so, yeah, banks, you know, and, yeah. and in the playoffs, he was absolutely ripping goals, top shelf, five hole everywhere. He was mm-hmm. just scoring machine. Yep. Bardowski's all over the place. <laughs> Always Bardowski's. Yeah. Yeah. Obvious MVP banks. Um, you know, yeah. top shelf cheddar. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> top shelf cheddar. Right, <laughs> next one. <laughs> the Golden Cakey's Award for Biggest Missed Opportunity. So for this one, this one was kind of tough because there weren't yes. too many missed opportunities here. No. The thing that bothered me though was the league structure. I feel like they didn't they didn't give too much thought to that to flesh it out enough. Yeah. Because like the the flashback at the beginning with Gordon when he's a young kid, you have the state championship against uh, Duluth East, I believe. Yeah. And Duluth is a far ways away from the Minneapolis metropolitan area, which in this current league with the Hawks, the Ducks, the Huskies, all the all the teams that we're playing, the Flames, the Jets. Those are those teams are all within the Minnesota metropolitan area. You know, they're either in uh, or the Minneapolis St. Paul metropolitan area. Uh, like the Ducks are in specifically in Minneapolis. You have the Hawks in Edina, the Cardinals are Cedar Rapids, the Huskies are Minnetonka, um, all suburbs of Minneapolis slash St. Paul. So, you know, in that little area. Um, so you know, we don't get any, we don't get any. Uh, like some of the newspaper articles mention a division one and a division two, um, but they never talk about that outside of those articles. They just, they, they don't do a good job of explaining what this league is, how, like, where is it? What's the spread? Yeah. Um, which I mean, you know, that, that I am probably the only person that, 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 that bothers. Um, 100%. But, but it bothers me a lot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like it's it's like why 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 go to the trouble of doing a Duluth East of make like making a that's a whole new jersey that they made for this fucking movie that they could have they could have just slapped the fucking flames jersey on him. Why go to the trouble of that? Why go to the trouble of having the newspaper articles mention a division one and a division two if we're not even gonna you know why why go to that trouble if you're not even gonna talk about it? Why bring it up if you don't want it brought up? Listen, all that reminded me of is that Family Guy segment um, on that episode where Peter's like, you know what really grinds my gears? And it's just like, <laughs> that's it. That's it. You just reminded me of yeah. like, you're just, you know what really grinds my gears? Yeah. You know, <laughs> the league like, structure. Really chaps my hide. <laughs> so, so there, there you go. Um, the the league I just, structure. I need, I just, I would like more information. That's all. I would like more yeah. information. But, but like you said, the biggest missed opportunity, there weren't a ton, but I just thought the press coverage for the one of the worst peewee hockey teams <laughs> in Southeast Minnesota was just a little wild. You know, the Fulton Herculean shot of the it, front page of like the national it, it wasn't even their, magazine, not even their first win. It was their first tie. 
Yeah. And it just, made front front page on America's number one hockey public. <laughs> you know, they're getting radio calls. Um, no one is listening to Pee Wee Hockey on the radio. No radio station is putting Pee Wee Hockey games on there. Like, I don't it's know. Just maybe Minnesota, maybe, you know. <laughs> Minnesota, maybe. There you go. Um, well, no. to, we should try to find somebody from uh, – if any of our listeners are from the great state of Minnesota or, or even better, the great city of Minneapolis or St. Paul. Yeah. You know, let us know. You know what, do, do they have, or did they maybe, maybe not anymore. They don't because you can just get everything on the, you know, nobody's listening to the radio anymore yeah. But in the, in the, the seventies, especially with, with Gordon Bombay's heyday, maybe they did have the radio on radio call. What else are you going to put on the radio? You know, another Elvis song. Maybe if you it, maybe if you're <laughs> nothing but a hound dog, Brandon. Okay. Maybe if you want to get your jailhouse rock on. Anyways, um, the winner of the Golden Cakey's Award for biggest missed opportunity is more Hans. Yes, I think that th- this is the biggest missed opportunity, and the only thing that I one of uh, one of the only like if if somebody gave me the script. Like uh, to look over it and edit it, this would be one of the notes I would give them. It's yeah. like you got Hans in here; he seems like a key part to Bombay. Not only Bombay progressing as a hockey coach, but pro, you know, progressing as a as a as a human being, as yeah. b- becoming a functional adult in society. Um, and it's so, I would I would have loved because he's only really in the like Act Two. Once they get to the playoffs, he kind of disappears, and you only see him in the stands. Yeah. So I would have loved like, especially like maybe like one more pep talk before the championship game, you know, you get him in there with Bombay a little more, just, you know, yeah. You know, agree with everything you say. We love Hans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're uh Hans and Hawks apologists. Yeah. We love the, we love the H's double H pro Hans. <laughs> yes, we are <laughs> pro Hans pro Hawks. <laughs> All right. The next Golden Cakey's category is Best Flow. Mm-hmm. And so Best Flow, granted, not as great flow as Game Changers. Game Changers no. had some, some fantastic flow. Yeah, some Coach, Coach T, T Mullet, Riley. Yeah. Um, you even had Bombay, older Bombay, still, yeah. still got the great hair. Logan was all about his flow, right? Oh, Lo- Logan, I'm sorry. Did you say I, Riley? What I, I call did you get Riley from? Oh, because I'm I'm pretty sure the actor's last name is Riley. Hmm. Well, Kiefer, whatever. It's Kiefer. I don't know. But yeah, Logan. Logan is who I meant. Coach T, Logan, Bombay. Um, yeah. But so for this one, there wasn't a there's there's not nearly as much choice. Um so but I went with Fulton. Fulton's got a nice set, nice head of hair. Yeah, solid. He's rocking the bandanas every once in a while, you yep. know. Nineties, he didn't have a lot of long hair, and so Fulton having the long hair made him kind of edgy. Yeah, those. Yeah, so this would this was ninety two, and they shot in ninety one, I believe. So you're coming down from eighties hair metal, yeah. and you're not quite yet at the grunge phase. Yeah. So yeah, Fulton was definitely on the edgier side. Yeah. Um, for now, and then kind of once he gets. Once you fast forward a year or two, that's when you know Nirvana and grunge really take hold, and then people start growing their hair out, wearing just more mainstream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get you get a lot more Fulton looking kids, but yeah, yeah. 
Uh, cool. Well, mine for best flow, once again, a category that we just don't know too much about here at the pod, but um, I'm, I'm going to go with Bombay just because of the longevity. The hair in uh, the Mighty Ducks is the exact same hair we see in Game Changers. And, you know, you got to give someone some credit for longevity, especially from a couple guys who is are running out of that longevity. I never had it to begin with. I was... <laughs> I was I was doomed from the start, Keith. Um, but yeah, Bombay. I mean, Emilio, one of one of the great heads of hair in Hollywood. I, yeah. I feel like from yeah his early with you got all the Brat Pack movies. He was he was rocking that that great eighties yeah. hair. Breakfast Club. He was looking like a like a snack, you know. <laughs> and then uh, Mighty Ducks all the way up until Game Changers. Yeah, even when he's because he's got to be what 50, 60 now. Yeah, somewhere in there. Somewhere in there, and yeah, still rocking a great head of hair. Yeah, and it's yeah, no signs of going anywhere because even even uh, his dad, Martin Sheen, has a great head of hair right now, and he's fucking eighty, you know, eighty or somewhere in there, you know, he's he's got, he's got great, a, jeans. great jeans, great jeans, great yeah. jeans. Um, well, the winner of the Golden Cakey's Award for Best Flow is Tammy. Yep, and so this this is just because there's not a lot of other no, choices. but she has lovely, you know, golden blonde flow. Yep, yeah, it's solid. It's nice, you know. Great, great head of great head of hair. Yep, no complaints. All right. <laughs> <laughs> a quick message from our friends at Broken Forest Collective. Built on a passion for small batch and handcrafted products, Broken Forest provides high-quality casual wear and lifestyle goods that are American-made and built to outlast the fast fashion trends. They also plant a tree in Boulder, Colorado for every product sold. Visit BrokenForestCo.com and use the code CAKEEATERS15 for 15% off your order. And that wraps us up. Yeah. For our main categories, and now we move to my favorite, Brandon, and yep. we got some rapid Rap- fire. Here. Rapid fire. Oh, are you ready? We've got some superlative awards. Are you ready, Brandon? Hit me with it. I'm ready. All right. I'm a, I'm, most... a, I'm gonna close my eyes that way I can visualize. Okay. Okay. The most likely to succeed. Thanks. Obviously. Thanks. I'm saying Charlie. <laughs> But I mean, banks yeah. make sense, right? Ripping, ripping yeah. goals, you dirty know, top, dangles. Your top shelf cheddar, baby. Uh, but then Charlie, <laughs> uh, Charlie. Um, also, you know, he. You see some growth. You see him being, you know, an underdog. So you get some nice work ethic. Understands the grind. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like he can't. He's not just super talented. He has to work for it. And he understands that. Takes it to real life. Yep. You love to yep. see. Charlie's good because Charlie, you get especially. You get a good glimpse of his. I, I mean, like his character as a person, as a person in, in like this in this movie, you get a good glimpse of his like humbleness and his just like, like when he's talking to to Bombay in the diner and he's yeah. like, "Well, you know, at least you got to go to a, a championship game. At least you got to play in the playoffs." Yeah, at you least know, you it hit tell, the post. You yeah, yeah. could have airballed it. Yeah, you can tell he like he appreciates just just being there. You know. Yeah. Um, Charlie later on in the movies though gets a little cocky and a little arrogant, but we'll come that, to that later on. Yeah. <laughs> Next category: most likely to commit tax fraud. Ooh, uh, I'm gonna say good old Philip Banks. 
Adam Banks's dad. Um, because he that makes sense. Yeah, he was. I assume the leading charge in the uh, the deal with <laughs> the cutting the deal with the Pee Wee Hockey League. If if he's gonna bribe the Pee Wee Hockey League, who? Who else? Yeah, yeah. Like, come yeah. on. Like, what? No, when no, the guy will do nothing's it? off limits. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, I, I'm saying Coach Riley, just because mm-hmm. you know, okay. you know, he is, you know, squeezing in a few extra write offs. You know, he's saving some, <laughs> some receipts that maybe he shouldn't be writing off. And you know, he's doing that. So, like, I'm, if he's going to, if he is going to, <laughs> emotionally torture a child then he's not going to be afraid to throw in a few extra write-offs at the end of the uh, during tax season that's fair that's fair <laughs> the next category mr miss congeniality and this is just nicest again right yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like i ask you that every time but uh try, i'm gonna go charlie for nicest you know. Charlie is Mr. Nice Guy. He's, he's, he's like Mr. Nice Guy. He's, he's being a fucking wingman for his mom, dude. You know, doesn't get nicer that, than that. Yeah, that takes a special kind of nice. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that, is, that is true. That's Charlie's good. Um, I I did Connie. You know, okay. always yeah, with yeah. a smile, peace sign on the front of her uh, helmet mm-hmm. before they got the the real duck skier. Yeah. Always uh, wants to be a peacemaker. Keeps Averman yeah. in check, like we talked the, about. You know, the velvet hammer of peace. Okay. Love we we love Connie. Yeah. We gotta get we gotta get uh Marguerite on the on the pod. Yeah, just, I need just to, so she knows, just so she fully understands how what much a legend we, Connie yes. is on the podcast. Yes. We gotta get oh do you think we can get her and um Garrett? Garrett is who plays Gee. Do you think um, we get I would love to A, I would love to get, get either of them on just in general. Do you think we get them on together though? That would so, be do you and and then do you think we could get them to do a two pronged interview? The first thirty of them in character as Connie and Guy, and the back end thirty of them just as themselves, uh, you know, as human people. What do you think maybe. about that? Maybe uh, I don't know. Think they'd be down maybe. for that? I, I think they maybe would. they seem probably fun. yeah yeah they seem fun. Um, yeah. any, anyways, I forgot where <laughs> we were at. Oh, oh yeah, sorry. All right, next category. <laughs> most likely to survive the Hunger Games. It's my favorite category. Yeah, yeah. So I, yeah. So I, oof. the obvious. I mean, there's an obvious choice. Yeah. That I'll still, I'll steer clear of, because I think that's going to be yours. Yeah. Thank you. I'm gonna go Jesse. The the that's a good the, uh, the enforcer. You know, Jesse. Oh, the Jessmeister. <laughs> Yeah, no, but that makes sense because like he stands up to Bombay when they think he's a drug dealer. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And he's he's the one who's uh you know he's he's uh not fighting back, but like when when uh, whenever the other team's talking trash, he's the one who goes up to him and gives him yep. a little shove back, you know. He's yep, the exactly. he's the defender of the team. Yeah. So that's that's who I'm going with. Love that. That's it, that's a good one. So I'm going with the obvious one you talked about, Fulton. Yeah, okay. Ripping half court, uh he's, slap he's, shot. You know, 12 times the size of everybody. Absolutely. <laughs> he is just going to, like, he's he's taking everybody down. There's, Hunger Games are going to go quick that year. <laughs> All right. Next category, class clown. Okay. And, and this was a tie between the two of us. Yeah, this is an obvious one. Maybe, I'm trying to think. You, you go first. Because you I'm know not, what I'm going to pick again. Like, I know you what know, you're going to pick. 
and I would that's my would be my pick too. But you go first, explain it, and then I'll see if I can think of a second one. If not, I'll we'll just save the tie. Averman is the obvious class clown. He absolutely has the best one-liners throughout. The Jestmeister. Um, oh, wait, hold on. We, can we talk about the Peepmeister, Mr. Rabble Rouser? <laughs> what an intelligent joke Averman had. So class clown all the way. Um, yeah, it's Averman. I... No one else is funny like that. I would say Peter has a couple good lines. Maybe Carp. Yeah, but they're nowhere close. The, the 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 line that Peter has that's real good is this in the Sports Illustrated scene when they first get the magazine. And he's like, Oh, look at this one. It's from Minneapolis. Oh, look at your mom, Gee. Yeah, that's a great one. Yeah, uh, but other than that, he's not nobody else is nobody else comes even close to Averman. Yeah. Um, all right, cool. The next category, most likely to grow a playoff beard. Ooh, I'm gonna go Charlie because he he has that scene that we, we mentioned before. Yeah, where he's talking about talking to Bombay about how the the North Stars never change their underwear. Yeah. So he seems very susceptible to uh, superstition. <laughs> nice. So I'm gonna go with uh, Fulton because. Um, Fulton, like myself, I'm assuming at uh, the ripe age of 12 years old was already shaving. Um, and so he's, he's, uh, he's probably the only one who could grow, yeah. could grow up at, at this stage in their life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and so, like I said, I, I just felt a nice bond with Fulton where we'd both actually be able to grow out, uh, at least peach fuzz playoff beards. Okay. Okay. So there you yeah. go. Okay. Um, so now we've got a couple new categories, most yeah. likely to become a travel blogger. Oh gosh. <laughs> can I can I give you mine because I've thought of it already? Okay. Because I came up with the categories. Go go for it. <laughs> so so I'm going Tammy. Um, uh-huh. because you know, just between the ice skating and like the way modern influencing is, like I could definitely see Tammy growing up and be like, hey, everybody, like just want everyone to see what great products I'm endorsing on the Isles of Greece. Okay. That's how I pictured it. Tammy. You. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go a little less field here. Okay. And I'm going to say Lewis. Wow. Because oh, okay. I, because he's on I'm, the road and I, I'm in, in the, in my mind, in the scenario, he kept a daily journal while he was driving the tour bus for the grand funk railroad about all the places they stopped. And then he turns that into a blog. Yeah. And he only mentions grand funk railroad. There could have potentially been other. That's true. He, did, yeah. that he drove yeah. with as well, taking That's him true. across other cities yep. so uh, yeah in other states yeah so in in my in, in my in this scenario in my head he was keeping a daily journal of all the places he visited while while on the road and then you know just turn that into a blog good to go yeah all right so that, that's kind of a fun left field one all right Brandon, nice um and this is gonna this is gonna wrap us up so um the last category most fun at recess I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Even though we've talked about how much of a annoying asshole he is, I'm gonna go carp. <laughs> I, 
So Carter, the, the the dude has the wherewithal to steal a box of swimsuit edition Sports Illustrated. Not only that, he is clearly the brains behind the poop dollar. Yeah, you know this this he's this guy he's innovative. You know he's thinking outside the box. He's coming up with some some crazy ideas. All right, so. I'm going to tell you mine just because it, it helps me with the breakdown. Mm-hmm. So my winner is Averman. No surprise there. Averman is my favorite fair, character of the whole enough. movie, right? But, um, but Averman and Banks. Uh, but so there's two different types of recess and fun at recess. There's the carp type where <laughs> there is a 50-50 chance that whatever shenanigans he comes up with, you might get some detention, like, oh, yeah, center, yeah, yeah. like you're staying after school. And yeah. then there's the Averman type where like, it's cheeky, it's fun. You're going to be laughing. You're going to have, you know, a grand old time at recess, but there's no risk of getting in any kind of real trouble. And so like we, I feel like we each okay. chose the version of recess that we went to as kids. I, I so feel I, like that's I, who we- I spent a lot of time in uh elementary school not to they didn't call it detention but it was a lot of you know uh where they put you when you step out of line when you when you become a carp you know (laughs) yeah see and that's and i was the other way you know like i was very nice and you know what you know what though i was i was kind of i had a little it was like averman but with a flair of peter where i love to instigate and so i kind of like get the ball rolling, but I could always sense the danger coming from the teacher and I would shut it down right away. Um, So I never got in trouble, but if anyone didn't know how to shut it down, they would get in trouble instead. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, 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 you know, gotta have some wherewithal. Yeah. And I, I mean, I never got in like serious trouble. It was always just like, you know, go, go Detention here after school there. Yeah. Well, they never really did after school. um, Oh, really? I am mine. My sister used to get so mad at me, like, cause I would always, I like, I, we had like seminars and I always got, I I was a bit of a chatty Kathy, one might say in in, in elementary school. And so I would always like where they would give you like, like presentations to like a bunch of like that, that kind of seminar. No, like you, I would have to, they, they called them seminars in my school and you would have to spend 15, it wasn't a detention because a detention was 30 minutes and you were in trouble and it would go on your permanent record, but a seminar was 15 minutes and it was for people like me that couldn't shut the fuck up during class. And so oh. they'd be like, Keith, and so like for my whole sixth grade year, I, I lived in Mrs. Pickenpaw's classroom after school. Interesting. I wonder, cause. I had a hard time shutting it down. Cause you're, you're a small town. Yeah. How many how many like buses did did uh did you guys run or did everybody like walk to school? Well, I mean, I walked to school because okay. I was super close. And then when my sister hit high school, but there was like there was like the bus that went and brought the Carol kids in because that was like the super small town outside of Wayne, um, you know, that, that they would have to come in. And then there was one bus that would run and pick up everyone else. Okay. So yeah. see that I think that that's that's where the divide is. I think you could, in that small town you can get away with keeping kids late but like so I was in the 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 suburbs of Denver, you know. Oh, yeah, you can't keep kids commuter, after school. No, no, yeah, if you kept them after school then then I missed the bus and then how the fuck am I getting home? Yeah. Um so they didn't really do, do too much after school. A lot of it was just like like the next like the next day 
for the first like 15 minutes of, of recess, you would, you know, no, you would have trouble. to stay, you'd have to stay in the lunchroom while everybody else went out or whatever. Is that, that kind gotcha. of stuff. Gotcha. Um, yeah. So that, that, that's all we had. And I mean, it's whatever, like, I'll just, you know, I'll, just, I'll drink an, I'll just sit here and drink an extra chocolate milk, whatever, bro. Yeah. 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 I think I'm scared of 15 minutes in the cafeteria. <laughs> Anyways. All right. So, that pretty much sums up the golden cakeies, which I like to, you know, this, this episode may go down in infamy as like the ultimate best rants from, <laughs> from the pod. We just it went, was, we, it was boy, nothing but rants. Boy, we, did we go down some rabbit holes in the we, we started this off wanting to keep it short and we did not do that. Yeah, we were, <laughs> there were a few moments where, and this is where we need our uh, producer Kyle Creighton, which is they they Bill now no longer calls him nephew Kyle. He says produced by Kyle Creighton. Okay, there you go. Good yeah. for Kyle. Yeah, Good so Kyle. he's he's yeah, I'm, I'm really happy to see his career progression because he really <laughs> is the backbone of some of my favorite podcasts. And you know, it's nice to nice to see nephew Kyle getting upgraded into Kyle Creighton. You know, yeah. Shout out That's Kyle. <laughs> You can you can put that on TikTok. Maybe maybe he'll give us a follow. You know, uh, maybe <laughs> hopefully cross your fingers. <laughs> but but yeah, so that that'll do it for for the the second edition of the the Golden Cakeys, uh, going over the original Mighty Ducks movie. Um, again, we're we're planning on doing this same categories and everything for D two D three season two of Game Changers, all that stuff. Um, yeah. All the big all the big ducks hits. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so that this kind of wraps up uh, our main portion of breaking down D1. After this, we're going to do a couple deep dives into specific scenarios um, with it, uh, about D1. And then after that, we'll start talking. We'll talk uh, about a few movies outside of the Mighty Ducks that the cast and crew have been in. Yeah. Um, and we are giving nothing away there brandon that is going to be just some delightful surprises maybe just like right before we do it maybe we'll we'll give uh Uh, so so people can watch it yeah follow us on instagram because so we're releasing these episodes come out every other tuesday um and so follow us on instagram and on instagram the sunday before the episode comes out um we'll post uh on our story about what what which outside mighty duck movie we're talking about um and so again that that, that won't come for a couple of weeks that yeah. until after we do the deep dives yeah um so yeah but stay tuned follow us uh instagram tiktok we're on tiktok now yeah. um Facebook, and, and reach out Twitter. we love we love some good feedback you know if you want to send yes. a message if you have suggestions of you know of movies that you would like to see us break down and if all it requires, folks, is for a character involved in the Mighty Ducks to be in it. So if it is a spot, uh, like literally a spot acting job, but you see a character of the Ducks, let us know. If you want us to break that down, we will we will shout you out and we will break down that movie just for you. Absolutely. And I mentioned earlier that uh, there was one mistake that, that somebody mentioned to us where we were talking about the Mall of America and it was not the Mall of America. And so that was um, other, somebody reached out to us on Twitter, and the handle for them is uh, at Casper Princess Nine. That's the handle, and they said, uh, "Just wanted to let you know that the rollerblading scene with Fulton learning to skate was not at Mall of America; it was at City Center slash Gavaday Commons." 
which is another mall in, in Minnesota. So shout shout out to Casper Princess Nine for that correction. Wow. Fuck yeah, Casper Princess Nine. Do you think do you think that handle is like Casper the friendly ghost? And it's like, but like the Casper Princess version? Like that's kind of a fun, that'd be a fun spin-off, like Casper the Princess Ghost. <laughs> no. It would be a it would be a fun that's, spin-off. It's Halloween time, yeah. you know? It is. Well, it won't be it won't be it'll be just after Halloween time when this when this comes out. But right now it's Halloween time. Yeah, um. but anyway, anyways, <laughs> sorry. We we love getting that feedback from our listeners. Yes. Reach, out, reach out, let to us, us know what's up. Yes, um, but yeah, again, follow along as we we continue. We'll do a couple of deep dives into uh, like the 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 next episode. I'll just I'll sh- I'll shout out the next episode after this. We're going to be talking about the thirty for thirty um, thing that 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 Disney did. Uh, so so ESPN That's has great. this. Third, this documentary series they do about sports moments called 30 for 30. Um, and so in anticipation of Game Changers season one coming out, Disney slash ESPN did like a, a mini mockumentary 30 for 30 about the flying V. Um, so for next week's or not next week's, but the next episode in two weeks, we're going to talk, we're going to watch through that and then dissect that. That'll be one of our deep dives. And then from there we have a handful of other deep dives that we want to get to. Um, and then we'll talk about other movies and then we'll eventually get into D2 from there. It's going to be awesome. But, um, but that wraps it up for the second edition of the golden cakey's we laughed, we cried, we celebrated, we felt joy it's a, it's a great, through our veins. It's a fantastic movie. I gave this movie a standing ovation when I watched, wow. when I rewatched it. it. When the credits rolled, I stood up in my living room and gave it a standing ovation. It gets That's seven how good this movie gold is. stars, two standing ovations. Jenkins and Josie gave it a rousing round of applause. Uh, it, it may have also been the Amazon delivery driver, but either way, <laughs> gold stars, thumbs up all the way around. Yes. Fantastic movie. What a, and I can't wait. I can't wait for D2 because D2 is by far the best movie of the series. Agreed. And I'm pumped. I'm pumped to talk about that. I would love to get, we might have to get a poll up and and not to go on another tangent again, but we might have to get a poll up because I bet the majority of folks out there would agree that D2 is number one. Because I've talked to a few folks since we've done the podcast. It it has to be. Everyone. Everyone says D2. Everyone that I talk to says D2. Yeah. It has to be D2. There's, if D2 is not your, your favorite, what, what do you, what are you doing with your life? You know? Yeah, and well, I, I need to get I, a job is what you need. I say that as a D3 apologist. I love right. D3. It's not All as good right. as D2 though. Not All, as right. Good as D2. All right. We can, we can wrap it up. We don't need to hear your D3 nonsense. Again. <laughs> no, I can't, I can't, but, but listen, you heard it here first folks, golden cakey's awards. It's beautiful. They'll be receiving them in the mail in the next month or six. And, you know, we'll be here spitting ducks. Quacking it, quacking along. Quack, quack, quack.
Thanks for listening, everyone. Please remember to follow and like us on Instagram at the Cake Eaters Pod, on Twitter at the Cake Eaters. Also, reach out to us via email, thecakeeaterspod at gmail.com, or visit our website, thecakeeaterspod.com. <laughs>